Hi, I'm Sebastian Vettel. You might remember me from world championships such as 2010, 2011, 2012 and 2013. Wait, where are you going? No, no, come back, come back. Listen, put another shrimp on the barbie. No worries, mate. Look at me. My name's Daniel. I'm always smiling and I like flip-flops and I'm faster than my teammates and I'm a big silly idiot and I smell... Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth, and I'm very pleased to say we have the full team. We have Zog. Hello. And Richard. Hello. I know what you've been up to, but would you kindly explain? Do you? Do you 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 honestly know know what we've been up to? Richard, you were looking at a website of some British girls of the 70s, and Zog, something to do with golf and watches. Am I correct? Yeah, he does know. Yeah, he does. So, given that that is a given, these are the sort of things that you do do, what have you been up to? Because we haven't seen you for ages, Richard, haven't we? I've been making a little bit of Top Gear. Yeah, growing being, a child. Being a dad, yeah, yeah which is a job in itself, but a brilliant one. Has Little Sniff reviewed any cars? He hasn't. We've watched a couple of Grand Prix together. The last one, actually, it did seem to hold his attention. Good Because, uh, as anyone who's ever had a baby knows, they get to a certain point, they start taking in the outside world and movement and shape and colour. All good and fascinating things. I don't think he was sitting there going, I wouldn't have made that choice at that point. I think he was just going, oh, look at the cars going around. But I don't know, I'm still convinced that you sometimes kick back against your parents' interests and choices, don't you? So I'm convinced that Uh-oh. I don't want to labour this too much and keep going, watch the Grand Prix, son, watch the Grand Prix. Now, look, now this is a fiesta. Look, take in this. This is why it differs from a Corsa. Now, <laughs> pay attention. Tomorrow we're going to talk about tyre sizes because I think that he will just go, sod off, Dad. I'm going to go and become a landscape gardener or something, which is fine. He can do what he wants. I'm going um, on X Factor, Dad. Yeah, I can't stand it when parents sort of impose their own interests onto children. So we have been watching the Grand Prix together, well, but if he decides that he hates it then screw him he can go and landscape the garden as I said to my children Noddy Holder Jones and Kevin Rowland Jones the other (laughs) day boys you carve out your own culture that's what I said to him so what have you been up to Uh, a bit of light maintenance brake pads a couple of brake lines that kind of thing Um, ongoing maintenance uh, well well, this is periodic maintenance I guess Items, they wear out, you replace them. On uh, your Porsche we're talking about here. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. Venerable. The, uh, on the 944. And yeah. yeah, there's a little bit of rust on the sills coming up that I think may need some attention soon. So I'm starting to think I need mm. to get someone mm. proper and responsible to look at that rather than an <laughs> idiot with a spanner. Which Chuck, you're not telling me that you're not proper nor responsible either. Well, I like to think that I can take on the DIY tasks that mm. come with owning a classic venerable automobile, mm. but my welding skills are primitive. Uh, Welding's a pretty primitive thing, though, generally. Well, I don't it? think I mean, primitive man I did any welding. I don't know that those robots that are welding sort of super precise components for spacecraft in helium Oh, well, no, that, I know, but at on. its heart, welding is just... Melting Hot some metal. thing makes two other things join together. You've summed it up very Man nicely. make fire, make join things. And that's yes. why it's fun. But that's fire. like saying, oh, play, oh, I'll play I, the I, guitar, it's just fiddling your fingers and tunes come out. It's like uh, saying that, isn't it? Well, it is, isn't it? I mean... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Heathen. Singing, I did, I did just speaking, but with a noise <laughs> <laughs> melody. I did um, actually find quite a good alternate use for welding equipment. Uh, in the last couple of weeks well, no, marshmallows if you've got an old hard drive you want to dispose of mm-hmm. just yeah. hook that up to your arc welder yeah. just do a bit of arc welding on uh, the drive that you want to securely dispose of 
it's a pretty quick way of melting a huge hole through the platters. I bet it give is. That, yeah, give it a go. You could dispose of almost anything you hey, don't want anymore. I, I was just... almost moved to take an arc welding machine to my computer today, but that's another story. Let's talk about Formula One now that we're many minutes into this show. I went to the British Grand Prix. I went to practice on the Friday and had a listen to the cars. Have you had any more thoughts about the cars? When you see it on TV, does the sound of the current generation of energy recovery F1 cars bug you on TV? No. No. Good point, because I don't think it does translate on TV. But if you go to a race, to a big circuit like Silverstone, and you listen from the tribunes, it sounds like this. I did a recording for you. Listen to this. That's what it's lost, isn't it? Mm. It's lost bite. Yes, nicely put. It doesn't make your lungs vibrate like it used to, or your ears tingle, I suppose. It's all a bit too sedate. Oddly, that sort of sounded almost like if I hadn't been told what that was, or if someone had gone, that is a brand new type of Maserati. Except it wouldn't be a Maserati, because Maserati's, oddly enough, their engine note does have bite, I think, or their exhaust note, rather, has Mm -hmm. bite. A lot of modern road cars are quite, not noisy, but the tone they have is certainly quite sharp. Yeah, yeah, There's more yeah. an edge to it. The way I see the sound of the current cars is really that I... The, you the see individual the cars... Regard. <laughs> thank you for picking me up on that. The, um, you know, the, the sounds Isn't of the like, individual cars... on the synesthesia? Is that seeing colour? That's, that's yeah, seeing colour. That's hearing. You hear a colour. I see You hear a sound, you see a colour. On their own, the cars sound great. And I quite like hearing more going on in the car rather than just hearing the engine mm-hmm. note. But I do miss having a whole field of cars screaming away the way they used to. You know, mm. The start doesn't have the dramatic sound that it used to no, have, for no. example. So I do miss that to some extent. One of the but, most extraordinary but, things I've ever heard is in the V10 era, I suppose. When was it? I went to the Monaco Grand Prix, and the start then, with it echoing off the building, yeah. painful, was unbelievable. I mean, if you were walking through some dramatic. woods... At sundown, and you suddenly heard that noise, you would pap your pants and yeah. run in the other direction. It's an incredible crescendo of really, really, as you say, quite a painful noise. Painful, actually painful. And I'm pretty deaf after many years of rock and roll. Um, but there is an aspect of this that we can lament the mm-hmm. loss of that drama or the mm-hmm. part of that drama, but. Celebrate the return of our hearing. <laughs> well, can you actually expect manufacturers to make those kind of engines anymore? You know, mm. If those are the kind of engines that you're going to ask them to make, they're not going to stay in the sport. For all that it is the pinnacle of motorsport and motorsport is not road technology, there has to be a connection. And F1 needs the connection, wants the connection, yeah. because it wants road car manufacturers in there putting money into it and if they're going to have to make V10 and V8 engines you wouldn't have Honda coming in my, my learned friend Mr Porter here is raising a finger well because there's something very interesting which I think exposes the whole folly of F1 and road car relationships and also at the moment rather embarrasses F1 and that is that uh, during the current season the best sounding car on the track is the safety car 
<laughs> Actually, I noticed quite a difference in the sound of the Toro Rosso over any other car on the circuit. Really? Yeah, it's got the same engine as the Red Bull, as the Lotus, as the Caterham, but maybe it's a gearing thing, maybe it's something they're doing... The Toro Rosso's Ferrari. No, the Toro Rosso is no longer Ferrari. It has the Renault engine this season for the first time. It used to have a Ferrari engine until this season. Now has the same as the Red Bull. And it is noticeably raspier. Really? Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just Daniel Kvyat being a bit heavy with his right foot or something. It might be. I don't know, but I know that the factory's in Italy, isn't it? And Mm. Italian cars always sound raspy. Ah, that's what it is. An old old Alfa suit or something. An Italian accent on a French car. It is. They probably just put a farty exhaust on it because that's what Italians seem to like. You've heard the sound of the cars from the Tribunes. Have a listen to this. I was down at the fence. Just listen to what you hear. This is the sound of the cars uh, approaching Stowe, about 100 metres from the corner. Now, the engine is not a big part of that audio, you hear the shockwave, that the push of the air out of the way, and you hear the turbos and you hear the winding down. It's the turbo you're hearing. Hmm? You're going to hear some of that air channeling over the car. You're hearing a lot of turbo noise, you're hearing a lot of... You're hearing tyres, you're hearing transmissions. Yeah. It's interesting thing with road cars now. I was at the Myra test track four or five years ago, and they were running some Jags around. Jaguar got the cars out on the high-speed circuit, and one player was just watching these things flying past. He like, kind of a car engineer. And they were going by going, this incredible noise. And I was like, that's a weird noise when you're sort of standing by a car that's doing like 150 miles an hour past mm. you. Because you don't normally do that, because a yeah, yeah. you know, road car, where's it doing 150? You're going to stand by the side of the German auto bar. So, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, yeah, that's all you're hearing is aero and tyres there. The engine mm. noise disappears into it. And it's that sort of strange thing. It's a wholly different sound. It's not a mechanical sound, is it? It's just white noise. It's more of an aeroplane sound. It's more yeah, more yeah. Rushing. It's yeah. More Do you remember, a... Dog, when we went to Rockingham in... 2002, 2003, whatever Three it was. Champ car race. Yeah, yeah, car yeah, race, yeah. yeah. I remember hearing the turbo cars going around Rockingham, creating this wonderful... It really was very complex sound. I wasn't recording audio in those days. I wish I had been. But Champ Car or IndyCar, anything that has a turbocharged engine, still manages to produce interesting sounds. F1 is struggling at the moment. You know, they're talking about the solution as to being using two exhaust pipes rather than one. They've noticed that if you have two, there's a quantifiable increase. Maybe it's just... Well, why stop there? Why don't they have four? Mm. Like, Mm. uh, Why not have 12? One, yeah. Eight. Have a whole... One per cylinder. Let's have six and start there and see how it goes. Double it to 12. Yeah. Yeah. F1 is in a particularly contrived era at the moment, isn't it? And it's really starting to become a bit beyond a joke. It feels like you just need to simplify, go back to basics. F1 unplugged. Although, having just suggested what you might do, one per cylinder, I mean, just to state the obvious, the reason why they couldn't do that now is you've got all the turbo and other recovery gubbins in the exhaust, which means you have to have the exhaust funnelling down through a single 
tube, as I understand it. I don't think you can, uh, I don't think you can make it. It has work. to come into one from the manifold, doesn't it? it has to, the yeah. manifold has to bring it together to one, so it have to split out. I was going to say, uh, after so, the yeah. silencer, but I just remembered they don't have those, and that's exactly what they're trying to work against. But the turbos uh, are kind of silencing. The yeah, turbo so is, is yeah. absorbing a, a lot of energy a, a, and sound, otherwise would be, would be effect, dumped yeah. out into the atmosphere. So the turbo quietens it down. There's a way around this, of course, is to get rid of the turbos, but if they want smaller capacity, mm. supercharge them. I love a supercharger. Because they make mm. an interesting noise in their they own do, right. Yeah. And they yeah. wouldn't, Mechanical. Uh, they wouldn't muffle the exhaust mm. so much. Mm. How do you make an exhaust raspy? You can't do it. I don't know. Get the man who designed the Alpha Sud on the phone and we'll find out. Something to do with the exhaust geometry, I guess. Hello, um, is that the man who designed the Alpha Sud? Um, I'm sorry to bother you. I just wondered if I could ask you something. Where did you get the idea for the rasping exhaust? I don't remember. Step Petrol! We've got a Jones on speed! F1's undergoing some changes and some experimentation at the moment. I was very interested to read... This week that they were running the Lotus F1 car, I say Lotus, I mean Enstone, on 18-inch wheels, which was kind of cool. Did you see the pictures of the Lotus with the very low-profile tyres? Like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I thought it looked good. Do you think it looked good? Yeah, it looked all right. It's sort of comical that F1 continues to run on 13-inch wheels. Yeah. It's like... I can't think of a road car that... Well, I don't think you can buy a road car that's got 13 inches. It's not new. No, I think minis... You can buy got, an old mini, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. most minis these days are 29-inch rims, is that well, right? Well, that's, yeah. like, that's the thing. It's sort of astonishing how big road car wheels have got now. Mm. And, yes, you can get super minis on 18. Yeah. I'm trying to think there's a super mini on 19s. Well, probably minis. Yeah, you can get yeah. minis on 19s. Yeah, and, definitely. Um, yeah. Your bigger stuff is rolling on 22s and yeah. stuff. It's extraordinary. But is that a reason for... F1 cars no, to, not to go over I mean, No, because you know what? Car engineers hate bigger wheels because it's harder to get a better compromise between ride and handling. Car yeah. designers mm-hmm. love them because they make cars look good. So mm-hmm. it's a constant battle there. And if you ever say to a car designer, what's your favourite wheel? And they'll just always go for the biggest one because they think they... It fills the arches nicer cars and having bigger. That, yeah. I was following yesterday a Vauxhall Nova and it looked, amongst all the other cars, tiny. It's just like this wee little sort of toy stuck in the real world. And you realise when you see an older car, and I don't think of the Vauxhall Nova as that much older. I mean, I know it's actually sort of 30 years more since that car came out. And that would have been on 13s. And it's sort of yeah, all in yeah. proportion. But because cars have got so much bigger, yeah. the wheels have had to kind of scale up. But for some reason, because the tyres have got more low profile. I've mentioned this before. Lower. There are some cars that look good on smaller wheels. I think the old Audi A2 is one of the few that does. I think the Suzuki Wagon R looks good on small wheels. The oh. Suzuki Wagonar doesn't look good on anything except fire. <laughs> oh, no, no, come on. No, no, I'm with Richard on this one. No. Why would you the original, defend the indefensible? The it's... original Wagonar is as chic in my mind as a Dechevo. No. Yeah. No. In the way that the Panda the was... is a very yeah. chic vehicle. You are setting the bar pretty high. Yes. It's yeah. you're, I, you're, I, mean, I don't know where you're getting defeat. chic from. There's nothing chic. I mean, you, imagine, you say chic and I imagine there's, a very no elegant Parisian. There. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's the same sort of no thing that this new uh, Citroen 
cactus is aspiring to that sort of utilitarian chic like but the panda had no that's not chic though that's just utilitarian that's a separate thing but this is chicness in its rustic minimalist anti-technology quality I've, surely come on really you, you don't, don't see that, that? No, you don't no, see that just no. me that's not chic Chic. A two CV would be made chic because it would be fantastically battered, but in yeah. that sort of insouciant, I don't care about yeah, this man. Really, being driven around Paris by a very elegant woman who is casually and slightly disdainfully smoking in your direction oh, because lovely. she finds you ridiculous. And that's <laughs> chic, but the car is sort of almost just another accessory. Mm. Speaking of which, I saw the most fabulous thing yesterday. I was in the countryside doing some filming and we were just loafing around the side of a country lane waiting for something to turn up, as you often do when you're making television. And this classic Range Rover, in brilliantly battered condition, came charging up the lane. Like a, an 80s a one. Proper it's like a sort of late 80s, early 90s. Four-door, yeah. dark blue. Vogue. 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 On those three-spoke alloys. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And just a bit shabby, but obviously serviceable, well yeah. used, yeah. used probably in the way that it's designed, perhaps yeah. more intended, hmm. out in the sticks, charging across fields. But it came thundering at the lane. We've got some crew vans parked there, so they could still get by, but no problem getting by. We've had some other people coming by, and they sort of, oh, oh, ease through, you know, there's kind of old people driving in the countryside. This Range Rover came charging, it just popped a couple of wheels up onto the grass verge, which was perfectly fine to do and just kept on charging through with a cheery nice. wave. And it was this quite young, quite saucy girl driving it, and we all went, ah. But it was the car that made it particularly saucy. Yeah, driving it as it should be driven. Exactly. Driving it with well, the car was superb, and that, I would yeah. say, that was like sort of rural chic. You see, if I see a French girl in a Twingo, it makes me admire the Twingo more than I did before. The original Twingo, the proper yeah, Twingo. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. yeah. Yeah. Driven by a French girl, smoking at every traffic light yeah. she comes to, light a cigarette. A yeah. French girl yeah. makes any car look better. True. I mean, come on, yeah. Yeah. Is, is there any car yeah. that is not improved by having a French girl behind the wheel? Suzuki Wagoner. We can't go fall out talking about oh, the Suzuki wagon are you probably oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I'd have to be George Michael in a Range Rover <laughs> hey I <laughs> saw George Michael well now that's the thing but this yeah. is the thing did you I don't, was he driving was he smoking in a normal was... split as he was driving <laughs> was, he, was he almost passing out of the wheel well was no he... but here's a problem I was driving across the top of Hampstead Anyone who ever knows this part of town will know, by Hampstead Heath, of which I think George Michael is quite familiar with, <laughs> by a building called Jack Straw's Castle, which is an old pub now. A, a, oh, which is, which might actually be mentioned in Dracula, or if that... No, no, it's Spaniards Inn is mentioned in Dracula, okay, yes. which, which, is, there, which is the other there. pub just down the yeah, road from yeah, yeah. there. So, so I'd come up Spaniards Lane, if you know it, along the side of the heath. I was at Jack Straw's Castle, there's a roundabout, roundabout there. Yeah. And from my right came a black new-shaped Range Rover that was turning down the road I was coming out of. And I looked, and it sort of hoved towards me for a moment. I looked up, I caught the driver's eye, and I swear to God, it was George Michael, at which point I kind of braced for impact, because we all know what happens <laughs> yeah, well, when he's out in his Range Rover. No impact happened. Off he went on his way, I went on my way, and I happened to mention this on Twitter, and someone replied and went, isn't he banned from driving for five years? Oh. And he only got that ban about two or three years ago. Oh. And I thought... Oh no! Maybe it wasn't had, George had, Michael. Did you just get George Michael into trouble? Well, I think I don't want to dob George Michael into it. Aww. I mean, I, I, don't I like him Michael. on Twitter. He's lovely on Is Twitter. He? I don't follow oh, him. Oh, he's uh, funny. He's sweet. He's like a big soft lad on Twitter. Really? I'm not a huge fan so of George no, Michael's think, music, but, but he seems uh, like a nice bloke. Yeah, I, he's yeah, lovely on Twitter. Yeah. Can we come back to wheels? You've driven. The BMW i3 recently, haven't you? A couple of times now, yeah. What about the wheels on that? They're like a bloody dish of o in terms of... Yeah, they're very skinny, profile. aren't they? 
Very skinny, very tall. What are they? Twenty inch, twenty one? Uh, no, they are nineteens as standards, I think, and you have twenties as an option. I, I think, think the one I had had twenties. The only twenties are the brilliant, futuristic, big five spoke ones. I saw the video that you mm. shot, but I can't remember what you had on them. I think you had the same. Those ones that are sort of back angled spokes. Yes, yes. I think those are nineteens. Yeah. Those are on the car that I originally borrowed, and I've subsequently driven one on the bigger wheels. Yeah. Which I thought would ruin the ride, but actually it's pretty much the same, and it's quite and, firm, but not terrible. It doesn't roll. For a car that height, it doesn't roll. Can well, that's the thing. It's uh, central gravity's very low. Not a weight low down. Yeah, yeah, yeah central gravity on that Do you know what's so. weirder, though, is that I drove that car, the one on the 19s, I went out onto the Top Gear airfield, not the track, because the Stig was doing his business out there, but I went out onto another bit of the airfield where you can get a bit of a lick on, and it was damp, and I chucked it around a little bit just to see what would happen and mm. I thought oh, the first thing that's going to happen is the front end is going to let go because it yeah. has very very narrow yeah. front tyres there's not so much weight over the back because the batteries are in the floor and then the motor and this is a range extender also had the petrol engine at the back that's where mm-hmm. all the weight is yeah. so it's going to understeer yeah. it's the first thing it's going to do and weirdly it didn't unless you were yeah. really being a bit of a knob mm. about yeah. it it gripped it had more grip than you'd credit this was my experience of it in the wet when I drove it for the day it was horribly wet and it never seemed to understeer once it just seemed to stick that car was using some alien technology I reckon to achieve what it does it's a good car isn't it and I still have a bit of an issue with the way it looks but as a functional device the range extender version was tremendous but I do like the idea of the tall skinny wheels it's quite modern isn't it I think they've done a decent, a, a decent job with styling it. And I, I, don't, like it. I don't mind that they've taken a slightly new direction in terms of BMW look. It doesn't I, have quite such a family look as the old one. It know, borrows it, more from the Mini's rear quarters on the Countryman, mm. you know, that sort of fiddly, funny third quarter, the third light, you know, that step thing that they do. Rather than keeping a straight line between your front door and your rear door and your boot, there's a step in it. The Countryman has that step up for the third light. It's not a parallel line. Oh, I see. It's yeah. sort of... Right, yeah. It's a bit like the because it has like a chrome... I don't think that's where it's come from, though. It steps up because it's dropped down, if you follow me. Mm. Front door, mm. dropped down for back door because mm-hmm. it would be a bit claustrophobic in there without, mm-hmm. I think. So they sort of drop the window down and then it just pops back up again for the third light. I don't know. It's quite an odd thing, isn't it? But I think it works because it's, it's Never a like concept a car. Yeah. Sort of look. So uh, never light a cigarette in the back of the car. You'll get shot by a First World War German, won't you? What? Uh, Third light. You're looking I, at me blank. Third light. You know. Oh, it, I see. You're never supposed to use a match three times. Yes, yeah. and it comes from the war. You never light you, a cigarette three times with a match oh, well, in yeah, the trenches. First time, the sniper will get a rough yeah. idea of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But if okay, it's yeah, light, yeah, if, yeah, it, if no, it's yeah. light long enough to light three cigarettes, he will have enough time to target you, and the third guy okay. to get a light will get shot. Yeah. Sorry about that. Okay. So no, no, diversion. I've learned something new. That's good. Oh, good. So don't don't say Macbeth in the back. Oh! For some reason. Do you know where that comes from? Or don't yes. say candy Good. man three so times. <laughs> what are you doing, private? First of all, I'm not a private. I'm your senior designer for exteriors. Secondly, I'm working on this design for the next generation Mini. I'm just wondering, if rather than a two-window design, we put in a C-pillar here and go for a third light? Nein! Never go for a third light! You will be shot! Don't be stupid. Look, here I've already drawn it in. Whoa! You see? One day I'm going to tell human resources about you. Gareth Jones on 
you know, I'm a bit of a funny Republican Welsh lefty, really. That's me all over. But you know what? David Cameron said something recently that made me go, bloody hell, I'm actually agreeing with David Cameron. Was that a comment about Slade being fantastic? He did say that. (laughs) It was the only thing that would win me over. He said he was looking forward to a new Welsh Slade album. (laughs) No, he was saying how much he enjoys the shooting break. No, he wasn't. He said that they're going to change the law to allow local councils to override a national law that says that we are not allowed to have motor racing on public roads in the UK, that you could close a road and have motor racing, which would encourage, and his words exactly, more great events, more motor racing events in the UK. Now, I'm reading between the lines here. Does this mean he's had a conversation with Bernie that said, right, we're still going to keep Silverstone, but we want a London Grand Prix as well? Or do you think this is driven by Formula E's necessity to be seen as street relevant? What do you reckon? I don't think Bernie is desperately after a London Grand Prix. He said he is. Yeah. Oh, well, if Bernie Eccleston, <laughs> famed man of his word, Bernie Eccleston, and uh, no way a man who just says things to get attention and what he wants. <laughs> I don't think he's desperate for it because he wants to keep looking elsewhere in new countries. Britain already has a Grand Prix. I mean, that said, it would look terrific on the world stage because I think most people in the world have heard of London. And I've heard of some of the buildings in it, which if the cars drove past them, then all the better. It would be quite a coup, wouldn't it? Yeah, Like a Parisian Grand Prix going round the Eiffel Tower. Everyone would go, bloody hell, they're in Paris. But imagine F1 cars scorching down embankments towards... A phone box for you to get into. Yes, well, exactly. The idea has been done by some people. Um, But But uh, actually getting off the ground, I mean, the practical considerations... Realistically, it would be a freaking nightmare. But but what you say about the London landmarks and how well-known they are around the world and the market, you know, the value of that from F1's point of view is on the other side of the balance. The reason why, despite those difficulties, it's conceivable that someday it could just about happen. There is a way that this could happen as well, because I have a plan. Uh-oh. Okay, let's hear it. It's my new catchphrase for the show, by the way. Uh-oh. As it should be. <laughs> um, we all live in London, and as you know, in the summer, particularly in London, the city fills with tourists. And they bring their dollars and their yen and all these things to our city. Although they do stand around in very large clumps, usually school parties in bits of the underground, just when you're trying to get through well, there, there to get, but, is you know, I'm your just, problem, I'm just, right? Just, this is the issue. Mm-hmm. We... As London. residents of London, I would never call myself a Londoner because I, you know, I always feel like oh, we're all, we're all Londoner, a bit guests. So we need to get around, and there's tourists in the way. Now, here's my plan find a nice big tract of land somewhere up, I don't know, near Stansted Airport so people can fly in, and we build fake London. And all the tourists fly in wow. to Stansted Airport, which is mm-hmm. not London, although they try and call it London Stansted. Mm. But it's quite nice and pretty up there, and the air is clean. And then they go to fake London. Now, all we need to do is recreate the centre. I think everything you can see from the top of the new fake London eye, Mm -hmm. beyond, I would say, (laughs) sort of the Marylebone Road to the north and, well, I mean, whatever South London's like, (laughs) that will just be all set dressing. There'll be sets and facades. If you you get the people from Elstree and Pinewood, get them to build huge film sets. Yeah. Well, you could do forced perspective, so actually it looks like it goes for miles, but it doesn't really. You've been to Disney? We've been to Epcot Centre. 
yes. It's the American model. This is what they've done. They've got the whole world. Americans don't need to leave America because of the Epcot Centre. They can even visit the Magic of Wales. Yeah, really. It's magic of Wales. Wales. I don't remember Epcot, any of this. Really. The Did magic I go of, to the Epcot yeah. Centre? Yeah, the Magic of Wales. It's part oh. of the UK. Maybe but, I was drunk. But, yeah, Maybe it, I wasn't drunk enough. I don't know, but <laughs> I, I don't remember this at all. Anyway. But in, what do you call it? Artificial London? Fake London. Fake London. New London. I don't New know. New London. We'll work on this. We'll have a meeting. Yeah. We'll have a brainstorm on this Would one. you have a Grand Prix because the rules would allow you Well, to this is what it. I'm thinking. Mm. We have our London Grand Prix mm. in fake London, which will mm. look yeah. just like real London. Yeah. And it'll have the middle bit, which is all we need for our Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah true, yeah. yeah, yeah. Imagine, because I'm only going to build this, you yeah. know, next year maybe, when I can get some money together, all the road services will be really good and smooth. Well, except that you'd have to kind of mess them up to be just like the road service in the original London, wouldn't you? Tourists don't know what our roads are like. Yeah, you're right. Oh, look how modern their roads are. They're all smooth. It's a crazy idea, but it might just work. Just can't it tell anyone abroad about this, OK? Because we need London back to get all about our business. I refer you to a tweet I did a while back, I think perhaps at the Korean Grand Prix. You know the Korean Grand Prix? You've got that bridge that crosses the circuit by the start-finish line. Have you seen it? And it's dressed to look like a traditional Korean building yeah that is the equivalent of putting a three-quarter scale model of tower bridge on the start finish straight at silverstone i suggested this as an idea it's exactly the same imagine if we started putting these iconic facades around silverstone you would get the same effect now who runs silverstone not you damon get the anymore effect of we should tell that you were on acid when you were watching the race i mean you well that's what we get elsewhere if you look at the korean and the chinese races the chinese races got giant lily pads hasn't it floating around but i find this all patronizing twaddle when they do this mm. i mean you know and it's like they made all those girls in austria dress in traditional austrian costume and then so what it's okay. yeah. <laughs> I don't, it's just, but it's just nonsense there will come a point I know they, they almost got there this year with all the girls dressed like 1950s housewives I think mm. to acknowledge it was 50 years mm. of Silverstone mm. the Grand Prix yeah. but on the just world like stage American. I think the trouble is a lot of people perceive Britain as this very old fashioned place steeped in tradition and, and everyone still wears bowler hats yeah. and smokes yeah. pipes and things and so I suspect a few people sort of in parts of the US and elsewhere going oh look at those British women in, in their traditional dress normal British outfits <laughs> that they probably would wear anyway because half of Britain's stuck in the bloody 50s, and I just think, stop it. Yeah, and th- next true. year, they will. They'll have men in bowler hats. So, in fact, when we build fake London, perhaps we could do a bit of slight tweaking, and what we'd actually do is to build fake sci-fi London, which ah, has all of... Yes. Basically, has all of those landmarks. It's, you know, it's the London that you know and love, but it's all completely sci-fi. There are robots. And yes. You've got people dressed There's up. There's a monorail. There's definitely a monorail. Going through Big Ben. And hovercrafts. Uh, there might be, yes. There's yeah. hovercraft. There's a way to get out of the Barbican Centre in less than half an hour. It's, yeah. you know, all of the things that are wrong with actual <laughs> London yeah. will be corrected in fake London. It's to the point where, actually, I think I might so like I'm to live to in I'm, fake yeah, London I'm, rather than real London. Maybe I'm we should like leave real London behind for the tourists. And we, everyone who is actually living in London, get on the bus, boys. We're going to fake London, our new oh, utopia. Yeah, the roads are smooth and Camden Town is a little bit less grungy the and London, smelly and the, jangly. The Northern Line runs on time and there are never any... Well, now, hang on a minute. I mean, you know, we can achieve many things but that sounds almost impossible okay until where were we we'll have to stick to uh, motor transport rather than public transport and we were discussing formula one and the law change to allow motorsport but i think the whole reason for this is the formula e gig which is coming to battersea park formula e seems to be gathering a bit of interest at the moment to get a lot of tele coverage a lot of motorsport fans i know are watching it because there's some good drivers turning up there now degrassi senna shandock all Perfectly reasonable F1 drivers who couldn't sustain their F1 career 
for budget reasons really because they never got into the very top teams and as you know unless you're in the very top team you're not going to succeed and the only way you can stay there is with budget so Formula E's got some good lads and lasses two women Catherine Legg I'm very pleased Mm -hmm. to say is in there and I counted I think seven ex A1 GP drivers in Formula E so it almost is A1 GP reborn which is no bad thing really Many of the teams are the same. The Chinese team, the same people used to run the A1GP. EDAMs, they ran the French and the Swiss teams in A1GP. Am I getting boring now? No, it's... No, it's no, I, think, no, <laughs> no, I went into um, it all about no, Formula E, didn't I? I mean, it's... It, I want right. to see the first race. Now, I'm going to be very interested to see how mm. how this series pans out. I when love is the, the first I love race the idea of it. Uh, I don't like September. the idea. It crosses over with the F1. It starts in, as you Beijing the first race, but before the end of the F1 season. But it is basically in the off-season yeah. from F1's Good point timing. of view. A bit, bit of overlap. I like the idea mm. of motorsport trying to have its first proper electric racing series. In and I, I, I like Park. the fact that they're going to try to do something a bit more At urban Long Beach. rather than all being track-based. There's a couple of things that do In really Uruguay. This whole fan Fandoms. voting for a boost yeah, thing, that yeah. is that, so they, stupid. That, that really, really, really turns me off. Unless you're Karun Shandok, in which case you're going, now, hang on a minute, yeah, how yeah. many people live in the country where I'm from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And here's the thing, though. I think they've learned something from Bernie here. Bernie always puts stuff in that no one really likes because it creates a bit of a controversy and therefore mm. gets like, a bit um, people talking like about Bernie. it. Like Bernie, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the fan boost thing is arguably in some ways, you know, when you write a document for a format for a program, you hand it in, you always put something in that you know they're going to take out and you let them take it out because it gives them ownership of it. I think it's the same psychology here. I hope you're right. But I don't know. I've got a horrible feeling they're serious about it. And to me, that does really undermine the racing element. The credibility of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the plan is still to have them swap cars, isn't it? I believe to, so. Uh, 20 minutes to into get the around race. The, yeah, uh, yeah. 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 Uh, sort of the, the top-up refueling, recharging problem. Yeah. That's a flaw. I don't love opinion. that idea. I, I don't mean, you know, it's, no, it's it, inelegant, it, isn't it? But yeah. I, I think it's sort of that's a technical constraint. What I do think about this city racing is that it gives me hope for the return of the Birmingham Super Prix. Yes. Oh, yeah. Dust down mm. those six R4s and we've got ourselves a support race. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, you'd have to put electric motors in them to fit in with the concept. They're going to end up racing I3s, aren't they, or Renault Leafs? They might just bring no, us back no, around no. to Nissan where we, uh, sort of where we started or where we were talking earlier on. Now, because I was thinking the sound of current F1 cars, it's tempting to say, well, because they're not V8s or V10s mm-hmm. or V12s. But V6s can sound fantastic, and I give mm, you Exhibit okay. A, the V6 in the Metro 6 R4. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Baroon. Amongst many others. I mean, we can go into Maserati's. Was that twin turbocharged or supercharged or turbocharged? Uh, it wasn't anything charged. Really? No, no, no. That was the whole point. Wow. Austin Rover decided to go, in conjunction with Williams, who originally engineered yeah. that car, yeah. to go large capacity, naturally aspirated, to get the torque, wow. where everybody else went turbocharged or supercharged, or in Lancia's case, both. And yeah. the history never really proved who was right. Well, I suppose it proved that Persia are right because they won two world championships before Group B was banned. If you've no idea what we're talking about, and I assume you do because you're listening to the wrong yeah, show. Yeah, you really. Yeah. <laughs> there are no cookery tips. The coming Birmingham Super Prix was a Formula 3000 race in 1980. Uh, I think it was 86. Yeah, was the first and the support right, race was celebrities in Metro 6 R4. So there were what? a few things there as well. I should have looked this up. But I didn't know I was going to mention it. Yeah. Was there a Montego race as well? Almost like certainly. And yeah. if there wasn't in my mind, now there is. The- <laughs> Montego turbos, torque steering their way around the ball ring. Just imagine that, and we'll leave you imagining that and imagining the sounds of Formula E cars going but Formula E cars 
almost sound better on the road than F1 cars. That's my last thought. You've been listening to Zog. Goodbye. To Richard. Goodbye. And to me, Gareth, going with. Oh, yes, and our next on speed is our summer music compilation. See you for that. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth Jones on Speed! <laughs>